Anyway. Cool. But she, she speaks Spanish, so I knew she would know what it was. All right, 2 Peter chapter 3. Hallelujah. We'll get the young people where they need to go. Um, you know, I, when I came into Christianity, when I came into being a believer, I, um, I did not come in because I was trying to get to heaven. I didn't come in because I was trying to escape hell. I came in to being a believer because I needed to change. Um, I had created hell on earth in my life, and um, everywhere I went, I caused trouble and I caused problems. Yeah, and um, you know, and, and when you're like that, initially you think it's the people around you that are the problem. So I, I, you know what I'm saying? So I'd try to move to a new location. Can we turn my mic down just a little bit more? I'd try to move to a new location, and then I'd cause trouble there, and then I'd go to a different location, I'd call trouble there, and everywhere I went was trouble, and then I started realizing the common denominator was me. <laughs> like I was the one that was the problem, you know? And so I had heard this gospel, you know, I was an atheist, I didn't believe in God, and um, I had heard, you know, because basically everyone else had given up on me, and I had just had some hope that maybe Jesus could change me, you know, because basically I'd tried everything else, and so I came to this, to being a believer, because I needed change, and um, can someone close that door back there, please, just the children's church door, it'll make our lives easier, um, I needed to change, <clears throat> and I could never change myself. Like, I didn't have the ability to change myself. I could never change myself. I might be able to do the right thing for, like, an hour. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe, like, a couple days or, or whatever. But um, I never had the ability to really bring any lasting change in my life. Because, how I mean, you know, if you're the one who makes the change, then you're the one who has to maintain the change. And um, my willpower was never very strong. And so um, I couldn't quit anything. I couldn't quit drugs. I couldn't quit alcohol. I couldn't quit pornography. Um, I couldn't quit lying. I couldn't quit stealing. I couldn't quit just being an awful person. I couldn't quit being focused on myself and being selfish. And um, I just couldn't stop. And so I, I, and so I thought, man, I've, I just got to give Jesus a shot. And so then I, I got born again, and I got, and I got born again. And there was a change that came into my life. And, you know, before you're saved, you're basically spiritually dead. You're, you're in darkness, and your spirit is, is, is dead. And so when I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, um, God moved inside of me. And I became a new creation, and life was brought into me, and I was actually given the gift of eternal life. But the challenge was, is my head was still the same. My head did not change. After I was born again, like I still thought like a drug addict. I still thought like an alcoholic. I still thought like a lying, cheating, awful person. Um, but now God is working on me on the inside, and God is working on... I started going to church, and I started getting my mind renewed, and God started working on me on the outside too. And, and slowly, as truth began to come, my life began to change. And I started making different decisions, and you know, I started... You know, I got set free from the hard drugs first, and... And, um, you know, and then I got, got set free from the less hard drugs, and then I got set free from alcohol, and, 
And then years later, I would get set free from pornography. And slowly, God started bringing freedom into my life as truth came. But one thing that's really important to understand as a believer, it's really important to understand, you have three parts, your spirit, soul, and body. And man, if you don't understand that, that's like the foundation of everything in this book is to understand that you have three parts. And I think that I'm going to take some time to really teach on this um, in, our, in our church here. Um, but I don't have time to go there today. But your spirit, soul, and body, and I'll quickly lay it out to you like this. Your spirit is, when you get born again, your spirit gets born again, and your spirit gets sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so as a born-again child of God, you're born again, and that's not going to change. God's not going to reject you. Your nature is not going to change. Um, if you sin outwardly, like you sin, how I many you know once you're saved, you can still sin? <laughs> Everybody know that, right? You can still make mistakes. But because of the work that God's done in your spirit, that sin can't actually touch your spirit because you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. How I many know the Holy Spirit's powerful? And the Holy Spirit has the ability to preserve your spirit. Because if God didn't have the ability to preserve your spirit, then there's no way any of us would ever get to heaven. Because it would be based upon our ability to get there. And so, and, and I, I can back all this up with scripture, but I don't have time to go there right now. But your spirit is actually born again. But your mind is still being renewed. I mean, you know, today, that's what we're doing today. We're, we're servicing our mind. We're taking an opportunity to let the truth of God's word come to wash our mind and to change the way we think. Because if you don't change the way you think, you're not going to change the way you act. Like 20 years later, I don't think like a drug addict anymore. I don't think like a womanizer anymore. I don't think like a liar anymore. I'm now more in tune with who I am in my spirit. And so now my, my outside is changing. My actions have changed. My thoughts have changed. And my life has changed. And, because, and that's why it's important for us to come together as a church. That's why it's important to hear the truths of the scriptures. Because how many of the truth will set you free? And, and man, the truth just keeps coming at you, and the truth will keep setting you free and keep setting you free. All of us have a level of freedom in this place right now. But how many know God wants to bring greater freedom into your life? How many know, wouldn't it be nice if you never worried again? God has the ability to do that for you. God has the ability to, 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 to um, baptize you so much in his love and, and in who you are and who he is that you'll stop being worried and you'll start trusting I'm not saying it won't try to come. I'm saying it can't stay there. See, some of us, we spent our entire lives developing the ability to worry. We know how to think about it. We know how to worry about it. We know how to imagine the worst case scenario. We know how to, to, to go over it in our minds over and over again. I mean, we could spend hours worrying. And I'm here to tell you right now, worry, it'll, it, it'll destroy you. It'll destroy you physically. It'll destroy you mentally. I mean, oh, God does not want you to worry. He wants you to cast your care upon him. So how do you do that? Well, you have to learn how to do that. You have to hear the truth about it. Because the enemy has filled our minds full of lies that God's mad at us, that God's angry with us, and God's against us. And those things are not true. God is with you and God's for you. God's for you while you're making a mistake. Oh, yeah. God doesn't turn his back on you when you make a mistake. When my daughter gets a poopy diaper, I don't suddenly think, Man, that kid just tore her out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I threw my daughter out of the house every time she got a poopy diaper, she spent a lot of time outside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, when she gets a poopy diaper, how I many know, as her father, it's my job to clean it, to clean it. And so when she's poopy, I want her to come to me, not run from me. Now, I don't like the poop. I hate the poop. I hate it. 
Yeah, y'all, anybody ever change some diapers in here and be like just praying out to God, being like, God, please don't let it be a bad one. Because, you know, we have ones that my wife changed, we have ones that I changed, you know, and I'm going to give my wife a break and say, oh, I'll change the diaper. And secretly I'm thinking, dear God, let it be a small one. Let it be a small one. Because sometimes, man, you pull that thing back, it's like, Armageddon. It's like, oh, gosh. Man, a while back, I don't know how she pulled this off, but she managed to poop out of her diaper all the way up her back and into her hair before church. And we, like, got her in the backyard, holding her up by her foot, spraying her. But, like, her stinky poop does not change her value. She's still valued. She's still my child. I love her. I don't like the stinky poop, but I love her. So how many know we can step into some stinky poop as believers? But here's the thing. It doesn't change the way God feels about you. He still loves you. And see, my daughter, she doesn't have the ability to clean herself. I am the one who cleans her. How many know you don't have the ability to clean yourself? How many know God's the one who cleans you? So when you make a mistake, don't run from God. Run to God. That's the thing that made David a man after God's own heart. David wasn't a perfect man. David made tons of mistakes. He killed somebody. He committed adultery. He numbered the children of Israel when God told him not to. But God said, that's a man after my own heart. What was it that made him so great? Well, when he made a mistake, he didn't run from God. He ran to God. And how many know we want to have that same heart? Because no matter how big your poopy diaper is, the Lord will cleanse you because you haven't lost your value because of your mistakes. Amen? What cleanses your poopy diaper? Truth. See, when you believe lies about yourself, it's going to put you in bondage. I believe the lie that I would always be addicted to pornography. As a Christian, I believe that, I mean, because I was, I was subjected to it at a very young age, and um, I just had all kinds of crazy stuff happen in my life. And so I thought I would never, I got free from the drugs. I got free from the alcohol. I got free from all this other stuff. But that was like a stronghold that was in my life. But how many know me believing that I can't be free is a lie? And, and when, when the truth finally kept coming to me that I am not a lustful person, but I am a child of God and that I'm the righteousness of God, and God loves me, and God's with me, and God's for me, how many know that truth came, and it popped that chain of pornography right off of my life, and I don't deal with it at all anymore. I don't even deal with the temptation of it anymore. I'm totally and completely free. And you know what? I love it. Because you know what that means now? Now I can look at women like they're people and not objects. Because I had spent the first, golly, years of my life conditioned to the way this world thinks. How many of this world does not recognize women as people? They look at women as, as if they're objects. And that's, that's low, man. That's, that's a low bar. That's weak stuff right there. The kingdom, the kingdom, how many of you know the kingdom restores everyone's dignity? Restores men's dignity. Restores women's dignity. Restores everybody's dignity. And when we can take that, the enemy and the lie of that addiction of lust, and we can kick it to the curb, man, we can live in freedom. Gosh, it's fantastic. I love freedom. And so, as free as all of us are in here right now, God has greater freedom for you. How's it going to happen? Truth. Truth. You, you hear truth, receive truth, and allow it to change you, right? How many of you know God has growth for everybody here? Growth. Amen? And um, growth is a part of what God has for you. Never think 
that you're so set in your ways that you can't change. If you think that you are so set in your ways that you can't change, then you can't. But God changes people. Can I get an amen? God will bring change in your life. God will bring growth in your life. I mean, God's committed to you in your journey to bring you into greater and greater places of freedom. The abuse that I knew as a child, my children aren't going to know that abuse. Mm -mm. My son's always going to have a dad. There's not going to be any abuse in my home. No emotional abuse. Why? Because truth set me free. And because it set me free, it's going to set him free, and it's going to set the other children free, it's going to set his kids free. Because of truth. Because the reason that I dealt with abuse is because people believe lies about themselves that cause them to hurt other people. Because the real enemy here is lies. How many of the enemy, has, the, the devil has lost all power? 2,000 years ago, he got his butt kicked. I mean, I can't wait to see that video when I get to heaven. For real, because like the Bible says that Jesus, he paraded him about. Like he didn't just kick his butt, like he took him by the ear and just paraded him about and said, I kicked his butt. Yeah, I mean, it's what it says in Colossians, man. And like, so now any power the enemy has, it's not because he has power, it's because somebody believes a lie. I mean, if you believe a lie, then that lie has power over you. And so God wants to bring truth into our lives, to bring growth into our lives. But how many know in order to grow, you've got to be able to admit that you're wrong? Got an amen from the baby back there. He's like, yeah, amen. Because that's how we all feel about admitting that we're wrong. We're like, ah, it sucks. <laughs> but it's true, though. How many know you don't want to go around the same mountain over and over again? Can I get an amen? Some of us, man, we've had areas of our life where the enemy has just stolen from us. You know, pornography is a great example of that, what I was just sharing. It stole from me. It stole from my marriage. It stole from my ability to relate to women. Um, it, it stole my time. How many of you sin is a thief? And, and, it, and it wants to, and so, and so we, we want to shut it, we want to shut it down. We want to stop it. We want to we bring freedom into our lives. And, and God has freedom. But, but, in order for us to change, we have to be willing to admit that we're wrong. And that's, and that's kind of like the key point. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Going around the same mountain over and over again. I mean, do you want to be afraid of the same things in 2023? You know what I'm saying? Like, or 2024, same fears, same worries. Like, let's get off the train. Let's just get off. Let's just stop. You know? And, and because God doesn't want you to be afraid of anything. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I understand that. Fear of the Lord is a reverence towards God. It's a hatred towards evil because God's bigger than anything. But God doesn't want you afraid of recession, gas prices. God doesn't want you afraid of sinners, violence, destruction. Do you think that we might be able to live fearless in the earth if we believe the truth? We can. We really can. And, and God wants to bring greater and greater levels of freedom into, into all of our lives. Amen? And so, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, But grow. Everybody say grow. grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, God has growth for us. We can grow in grace. Can I get an amen? We can grow in grace. We can increase in grace. We can get better at it. I am a better parent now than I was 10 years ago because I've learned a few things. Amen? 
And, and, and uh, I'm a better husband now than I was 10 years ago because the truth is, is coming forth and setting us free. God wants to bring growth into our life. Listen, don't let the enemy bring condemnation into your life as I'm preaching this. Well, I haven't grown. Well, I haven't done this. Well, look, I've had years in my life when I didn't either. But there comes this point where the discomfort of your circumstances gets greater than the discomfort of admitting that you're wrong. You just get to the place where, like, you know what, I don't live like this anymore. I'm ready to make a change. I call it a catalyst. It's, it's something that ignites something. It's like, okay, I'm ready to change. And here's the thing. God will help you with anything that you're willing to invite him into. Now, if you won't invite him into it, he'll let you do it on your own. Because he's a gentleman. He's never going to force you. But if you will, how many you know if you invite God into your finances, he'll help you with your finances? How many of you invite God into your marriage, he'll help you with your marriage? You invite God into a place where you're dealing with addiction, he'll help you with it. You invite God into a place of fear, he'll help you with it. Amen? And so we can grow. Amen? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> now, the way we grow is different than the way the world grows. The world, they, all they have is willpower. You know, they just, we're going to try harder, we're going to do more, we're going to place more effort, we're going to work more principles, <clears throat> and that's not actually how you grow in the kingdom. Uh, a good portion of Christianity is just a self-help class. All right, here's six things you need to do to make your marriage better, here's eight things you need to do to make, you know, this better and that better, and I, I, at the end of the day, I haven't come here to give you good advice, I've came here to give you good news. The good news is that you have a Savior who's going to help you, and He's going to help you grow. Can I get an amen? This is not about self. Christianity is not a self-effort thing. This is about a rescue. God's going to rescue you with truth. Amen? It's good news, isn't it? I, I'm not presenting a ladder to you that you're going to have to climb today to make your life better. I'm not doing any of those things. Um, and really, that's not the gospel, and that's not the true message of Christianity. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we, we see how we change, how we grow. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, so you are trans... How I many you know if you look into a natural mirror, whose face do you see? Yours, Right? This word, let's pretend this is a Bible, it's an iPad, but this Bible, this word is supposed to shine to you the face of Jesus. When this word is rightly divided and it's properly taught, I mean, you know, you don't really, you're not supposed to get into the Bible to see what's wrong with you. It's the wrong way to do it. It doesn't work. If you're going to get into the Bible to see what's wrong with you, you're going to spend all day there. <clears throat> and then you're not going to come to the end of it. How I many of you, know, you actually don't get into the Bible to see what's wrong with somebody else? <laughs> we could have church right there, right? No, no, no. The proper way to get into the Bible is to behold Jesus and be transformed. As you see Jesus, you're changed. The law, legalism will show you you. True, the true message of the gospel will show you Jesus. And as you see him... You become like him. Now, you're already perfectly like him in your spirit. Your spirit is just like Jesus. You've been given the same righteousness that Jesus was given. You've been, you have the same spirit that the Lord has. How I many you know you're in the body of Christ? 
How many of y'all, this pinky is just as much Jeremiah as my ear? Once you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you, you left your old identity, and now you have a new identity, and you're one with Christ. But now, how many know that, that so there's three parts of redemption. How many know eventually your physical body is going to get redeemed? Can I get an amen for the new body? You're going to get a new body, a supernatural, immortal body that cannot die or get sick. That's going to be fantastic, right? That, that part hasn't happened yet. That's in the future. Now, your mind, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your thinker, your feeler, your chooser, your personality, that's your soul. It also involves your conscience as well. That is being renewed by the truths of God's Word. And so when you look into the mirror and you see Jesus, I mean, as He is, so are you in this world. When, you, when I stopped identifying as a drug addict and an alcoholic and I started identifying with Christ as a child of God, I started changing. Because the change that I'm talking about right here, once again, you're not climbing a ladder trying real hard. You're realizing that you're somebody else. Amen. This is, this is how it's different. I'm not trying really hard not to be an angry person. I'm not trying really hard not to be a lustful person. I'm not trying really hard not to be a liar. I'm not, no, no, no. I am as he is. As Christ is, so am I in this world. Now, I'm obviously not Christ. He's Jesus. He's the head. He's the, he's the man. He's the, he's the leader. He's Lord. He's Savior. But I am in Christ. I have a new identity. And the more you start to identify with who you are in Jesus, the, the more bad behaviors and old things are going to drop off of your life. And listen to me. The character of Christ is going to start to come out of you. You know what that looks like? Love. Peace, joy, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, all the good stuff. This is, what, this is what changes the way we act, that changes the way we live. See, you have all of those things already on the inside of you. You're not trying to get more love. You're not trying to get more peace. You already have it in your spirit. And how I many we got to get it into our minds by hearing the truth? For example, sunsets over there. Let's say that window is filthy and dirty, right? The sun is beautiful and setting on the outside. But I've got to clean the window to let the sun shine through. We've got to clean our minds to let the sun shine through. Y'all tracking me here? So you're not trying to get these things. You already have. You've already been blessed with every blessing in heavenly places. You've already been blessed. Say, I've already been blessed. You're not trying to get blessed. You're, I mean, you're not trying... See, we have vast portions of Christians that run around trying to get blessed. They're trying to get an anointing. They're trying to get God to love them. They're trying to get God to bless them. And man, if you're trying to get something you already got, you're going to live frustrated. For real. You're not trying to get it. You're just allowing it to shine through by embracing truth. Amen. It's a totally different way of doing things. And it's, it's, it's the accurate scriptural way of doing things. And so we're changed by beholding Jesus. We're changed by seeing Christ in the Scriptures. Uh, and I, I quoted this Scripture, and I'll just quote it again to you. 1 John chapter 4, and verse 17, if you're taking notes. It says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we. How many of that's present tense? You are like Jesus right now, if you're born again, in your spirit. Now your head... Is catching up. Right? 
I got 20 years of taking truth into my head to change the way I behave. But when I first got saved, I didn't look much different than I did before. I remember when I first got saved, I had, I had, uh, I had corn rolls when I first got saved. Amen. And, and uh, I, I had corn rolls after I got saved. Because outwardly, that didn't change. I was still addicted to drugs. I still struggled with pornography. I still had all the crap that was in my head. But down here, I was a new man. And God had to get me into a place where they taught truth so the truth could wash my mind so the greatness of Christ in me could start to be on the outside of me. I mean, it's the same for all of us. And so, and I have grown some. But how many you know there's more growth? There's more growth. There's more development. In fact, God said... And, and we'll get it here when we close, but Philippians 1.6 says he's going to complete the work that he started in you. And the more of this work you complete, the more truth you take in, the more truth you embrace, the better your life is on earth. The better your life is. I want a good life. I mean, heaven's a done deal. I'm going to heaven. That's over. I want to bring some heaven down here. I want heaven in my backyard. I want heaven in my kitchen. I want heaven in my marriage. I want heaven in my children. I'm going to kick the devil's butt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to kick him out everywhere I go. And Because how many know God said that he will give us days of heaven on the earth? It's the, I mean, because the cross is over. We already won the war, but let's win the skirmishes. Let's win the little battles. And, and this is what we're called to do. And you're only going to win to the level that you're embracing truth. If you're believing a lie about yourself or about God, it's going to give the enemy opportunity to bring destruction into your life. And I don't know about you guys, but I've developed a distinct hatred for the devil. Everything that you see in this world that's evil or bad, the devil did that. God didn't do that. God doesn't do bad things. God's not the bringer of death. God's the giver of life. God hates death. Death is the enemy of God. Do you know they'll come, and I say this all the time, but I think it's important to understand, there's going to come a time when there's no more death. Yep. Why? Because it was never part of God's plan anyway. There come a time when there's no more death. The Bible says death is the last enemy. It's the last thing it's going to bow. There's going to come a time when, every, when everybody in this room will ever see death again. Come on, man. Because God don't like death. God's against death. Hallelujah. And so, anyway, the way that you win is through truth. Amen. And so I quoted this too, but I, I quote it again. Galatians 5, uh, 22, if you're taking notes, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. This is who you are. I'm going to tell you who you are. This is who you are in Christ. You are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's who you are. That's who you are. You're not trying to be this. This is who you are. In your spirit, you have the fruit of the Spirit already. Amen? And so now... We want to get the greatness in you that Jesus placed in you through the seed of his incorruptible word. He want to bring it out of you. How many of you know your family could use a little more love? How many of you they could use a little more joy? A little more peace? Right? People around you, right? Amen. They could. They could. They need it. They need it. You, you, you carry fruit on your tree. And if you're identifying with the old person, the person that you used to be, the fruit on your tree will be anger, resentment, strife, contention. That's actually not who you are. You're a new tree. That's old fruit. And when you see it, you don't identify with it. Because the enemy's always trying to get you to identify with your failure. Never identify with your failure. You no longer have the right to identify with your failure. 
you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, don't identify with it. Say, no, I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, this is how you get free, I'm telling you right now. Because the enemy, he'll tempt you, you'll make a mistake, and he'll say, look at you, you're just a drunk. Look at you, you're just an angry person. Look at you, you're just a lustful person. You're just a, afraid. You're just, you're just, you're just, he's always trying to accuse you. He's a liar. He can't tell the truth. And so when he lies to you through you and your thoughts, you shut him down with the word of God and say, no, this is who I am. <sighs> this is how we win, man. This is how we, I don't want to lose. I hate losing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to lose. I want to win. I want to win. Let's win. We're more than conquerors to him that's loved us. Amen? You know, and we're trying to, Put all these laws on people and rules on people. How many of you know laws and rules don't make people act right? You know how we need to change people from the inside out? Get people saved and get this stuff flowing out of their life. You don't need no law when you're flowing in this. It says it. It says, against such there is no law. If we had everybody walking in love, peace, joy, kindness, long-suffering, etc., in, in America, you could take every law and throw it away because the law would be inside of us. Because I'd start to treat people the way I wanted to be treated. Nobody had to tell me not to kill nobody. Nobody had to tell me not to cut anybody off in traffic because I'd be caring about them just as much as I care about myself. Y'all see that? It's amazing, isn't it? And so anyway, all that being said, this is who you are. You have a new identity. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Actually, turn here, please. And um, Because I, we, wanted, we want to change. We want, everybody say growth. I want to change. Because how many know, and I've heard people say this before, but if you do the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just the truth. I think it was Einstein that said, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and thinking you're going to get different results is insanity. I think I messed the quote up, but y'all understand what I'm saying. Like, if I take this pen and I stab myself in the leg with it, I'm like, oh, gosh, that hurts. And then 10 seconds later, oh, gosh, that hurts. Maybe this time it'll work. Oh, how many know that's stupid? We can all agree with that. But how many know some of us have behavior that's hurting us? And we, not, we may not be like stabbing ourselves with a pen, but we're stabbing ourselves in another way. And how many know when you hurt yourself, you're hurting people around you as well? So let's grow. You know what I'm saying? Let's change. Now, once again, we're not doing it in our own strength. I'm not trying really hard not to stab myself with a pen. I'm not trying really hard not to watch pornography. I'm not trying really hard not to be a drug addict. I'm not trying. No, I don't. I, there's an element of will in your decision making because your will chooses what you, I mean, we're called to choose life. But when I just wake up to who I am, all that stuff just falls off my life. How do I do that? I look at Jesus in the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 21, it says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the, old, the stuff you used to do, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So it's talking about, this is stuff you used to do. This is the old behavior. How I many of some of that old behavior will try to come over in the new life? And that's okay. It's okay because it's not who you are. How I many of you it takes time for a dead leaf to fall off a tree? <clears throat> but don't identify with the leaf as it's dying and falling off the tree. You have new life in you now. It says, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, 
which is according to God in true righteousness and true holiness. So what you got to do is we got to let truth service our minds. We got to let truth service our minds. We got to change the way we think about ourselves and about God. How many know what God says is true? And let every man be a liar. I mean, you kind of have to settle that within yourself. Because, man, if you're trying to, I'm telling you right now, people accepting you and popularity and people's opinion of you is overrated. Like, just stop caring what people think about you. Because it don't matter. I'm just telling you right now, like, for real. Because, like, there's a freedom in being set free from what people think about you. I've been getting stronger in this as I have lived on this earth. And I'm getting stronger and stronger still. Because what I'm realizing is I just don't care what anybody thinks about me anymore. Because I'm not living for them, I'm living for God. Like, that's who I'm living for. I'm living for Him. And so I don't care how much pressure this world puts on me. I don't care how much they try to change me or mold me into their image. No, 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 no. I'm going to let the truth of God's Word determine who I am and the direction of my life all the days of my life. And you can love me or you can hate me, but I will serve God. Because I'm t- because there's so much pressure in the world to be like the world. So much pressure. And um, who cares what they think? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you're going to serve God, you're going to tick people off. <laughs> Even the other day when I was preaching to the football team in Woodford County, I was preaching. You know, and I'm not coming with this nice little three points in a poem. You know what I'm saying? I'm not coming with like, <laughs> I'm having to memorize the scripture. I'm coming with my life. And so when, I, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking with some boldness because I'm speaking for my life. And so, and I shared, I talked about not having a father growing up and how my dad rejected me and how God is our father and how God loves us. How many of all those young men need to hear that message, right? And so I said it, man, and I shared it. And I could tell some of the parents were miffed at me because I shared it as I walked away. Now, there'd have been a time when that would have bothered me, but those days are completely over. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa! as I'm walking out, you know, no, no, I'm only kidding. I didn't do that. I'm not being offensive, but inwardly I was thinking that. I was like, bro, I don't care. Because they were looking at me, they were judging me. They were like, who's this, who's this guy? Who brought this guy in here? I'm like, I don't care. God loves me, man. I'm here to help. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to love you. If you like it, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool too. Amen. God has that for you. That's a freedom. I mean, the fear of man is a snare. I hate that stuff, man. Freedom. But it comes through what I'm talking about here, renewing this, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. What's God trying to do? God's trying to convince you that you're a different person than what you think you are. He really is. Now, you know, some of us, we've grown some, and we have some areas where we have some growth in, and we've seen some change in our life. But how many know there's more? There's more. How I many know, I, I, I believe as long as I'm alive, I'm still going to be a student. And I'm still going to be learning about who God is. Like, I'm never going to get to this place where I'm an expert. For real, I came from, from people who thought they were experts. And they were jerks. I mean, they were. Anytime you meet someone who thinks they're an expert on God, they're a jerk. I mean, that's a, that's a bona fide license plate. 
I'm a jerk for Jesus. <laughs> I'm a jerk for Jesus. <laughs> I'm a self-righteous punk. <laughs> I used to be one. I used to be one. Amen. I'm, let's, just, let's just get over it. Anyone ever been around a Christian who acted like they were better than you? How many of y'all that ain't cool? And that's not Jesus. That's not how he operated. How many of there's nobody in this room any better than anybody else? And I mean, we are all students. Everybody on this planet is a student, whether they realize it or not. But some of these people, they had arrived at this place where they were not teachable any longer. And you know what happened? They stopped learning. And they became experts and they became prideful. And pride and love don't occupy the same room. If you think you're better than other people and you're a Christian and you think that you're more righteous than everybody else and you're a Christian, I'm going to tell you right now, the love of God is not flowing through you. And you're on the wrong team. You're doing more damage than good. Arrogant Christianity has done more damage to the kingdom of God than probably anything else. Ain't nobody any better than anybody else. We all need Jesus. And so we have to stay teachable and we have to be willing to change. You know, God has brought forth some tremendous change in my life here recently. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12 as I'm sharing this with you. In that, you know, I, I was abused emotionally as a child. And uh, like a lot. And so it, it, it kept me from being able to handle conflict. And so like with my wife, like when we would have conflict of any sort, I would immediately, I didn't realize I was doing this, but I understand it now. How many of truth will shed light on damage? This is something I've been carrying for years. And I'm finally starting to get freedom in this. So when we would have a disagreement or she would bring some, constructive criticism towards me, I could not handle any correction at all about anything almost because I felt like I was being attacked. And she was not attacking. My wife was not attacking me. She was trying to help me and just talk to me. But I resorted back to my childhood. And there I am in the corner defending myself. And what's happening is I'm acting out of trauma. I'm acting out of lies. I'm acting out of hurt. And slowly, God has been shining the light on this area of my life and saying, you don't have to be like that. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to live like that. And you know what's happening? We, I have freedom in my life concerning that. Now, it's still, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you I'm 100% free, but I feel like I'm like 85. I feel like now that we can talk and we can, and, and when I feel that abuse and pain start to rise back up, I, 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 know, I see it for what it is. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to react like this. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to stop trying to defend myself. And I'm going to listen to what she has to say. How many know God has wanted me to be free from that for the past 44 years? Right? But it's finally time to start working on this. Because we had all kinds of other stuff we were working on before then. <laughs> Praise God. God's like, all right, you finally ready for this, you know. Because you ain't trying to kill yourself or those around you, so now we can we can work on something else. Come on, self-destructive behavior. But anyway, and so, but here's the thing. How I many you know I don't want to be set in my ways? I want to live like that. You know, someone who has a problem with anger. How I many you know if you have a problem with anger, then it will rule your life. It will cut off your decision making. Because once you get mad, all logic is out the window, and the voice of God is out the window. God be like, stop it. You'd be like, I can't hear you. I'm mad. <laughs> and, and, and come on, that's, that's, that's okay. It's okay. How many of us are okay to talk about these things? 
It's okay to talk about dealing with anger. It's okay to talk about dealing with pornography. It's okay to talk about emotional abuse as a child. How many know we are a room full of people who are hurt? And God is healing our souls. He's healed your spirit, but He's healing your soul with truth. And He does not want you to have to live like that. You have a choice. Now, how many know you can stay in bondage? And God will love you. And you will go to heaven and get set free. But I'd rather get free here, down here. Because the more freedom I have, the more freedom I can give. And the more it surrounds the people that are around me, right? Um, Because sometimes the enemy, he'll bring a situation into your life to make you mad to get you in the flesh. Listen, anger is not sin. Anger is good. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. We talk about anger. Where should your anger be directed? Towards the devil and towards evil. You should hate evil. You should have a good, healthy hatred of evil. Doesn't mean you hate people. I hate drugs. Why? They destroy people's lives. I love people that are on drugs, but I hate drugs. I hate drugs because I know what it does to people. I hate diabetes because it kills people. You know what I'm saying? I hate. I hate, I hate the pornography industry. I hate it with a passion. It hurts people. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Killing people, destroying marriages, ruining young girls' lives. I hate it. It's okay to hate that. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, we got we to gotta have some guts as Christians. You know, we're not these, we're not these doormats. Yeah, you, can, you turn the other cheek if someone is, is attacking you based upon the gospel. But ladies and gentlemen, you got to take a stand for what's right. And so being angry is okay. Just don't be angry at people because God loves the people you're angry at and he actually loves them just as much as he loves you. You don't have a flesh and blood enemy. I feel like you got a question, Casey. I know you don't. You're just holding your, you're holding your cast up, but I feel like you got a question. So you're like, I have a question. I'm only kidding. Um, we all got to sign Casey's cast. 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 Is that right? Cast. Casey's cast. Sounds like a bad band from the 80s or something. Casey's cast. Anyway, moving right along. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to be angry at people. Anger is not your nature. Everybody tracking me here? And so how many know God wants to bring freedom into into your life in that area, right? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Once again, when you change the way you think, you're going to change the way you live, and you're you're going to release the power of Christ that's on the inside of you. Uh, John chapter 8 and verse 32. A lot of these I've quoted, and I'm just going to keep rolling here. Actually, y'all turn to Proverbs chapter 3, please, and I'll read John 8, 32. It says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Gosh, that is so attractive to me. I love truth. You want to simplify your life? Just be honest. Seriously, dude. Like, it's just tell the truth all the time, time. and your life's going to get so much easier. Because, like, truth makes everything so much easier. I mean, you know, when you get used to telling the truth, you can just grow in confidence in everything that you do. Because all you got to do is tell the truth. It's amazing. And what's cool is, once you start telling the truth, <laughs> as a Christian, um, you can start to tell the truth to yourself. And that's where the rubber meets the road, and that's when actual change happens. Because a lot of times, 
We've all handled deceit so long and handled lies so long because we didn't feel like we were good enough, so we felt like we had to lie about things and try to make act like we were something we really weren't. And just a bunch of us trying to make ourselves seem cooler than what we really are um, because we weren't comfortable with who we were. But how many don't God has come to make you comfortable with who you are? So you don't have to embellish the truth. You don't have to lie. But when you start telling the truth within yourself, man, that's when change really starts happening. Anybody ever had a period of time where you deceived yourself? I lived in the deception of myself. I had completely fooled myself into believing things that weren't true. And man, you start embracing truth, it just brings greater and greater freedom into your life. It's actually awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> all right, Proverbs chapter 3. Truth sets us free. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3, 5, I'm sorry. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Everybody say this with me. Say, sometimes, sometimes. I'm wrong. <laughs> Only the men said it. The women didn't say anything. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, hey, man. Hallelujah. I, gotta, <laughs> I need a door. I need an exit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Where's my wife at? <laughs> I'm sorry. I repent. That was wrong. It was fun, but it was wrong. The men are laughing way harder than the women are. Smile at me, please. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. <laughs> Just help me out here. You're on my side, right? You're on my team. Praise God. I'm only kidding. I mean, all of us have some challenges sometimes admitting we're wrong. Because we, many times we've built our identity in being right. And we think that if we are wrong, then somehow our identity has fallen or our value or our worth has fallen. It is. And your value and your identity is in Jesus and in God's love for you. So now you can be teachable rather than always trying to pretend like you know everything. Because if you know everything, then you're never going to learn anything. Because you're only going to know what you know. <laughs> and you can't learn anything else. How I many of that is the definition of a fool? I mean, a fool does not have the ability to be corrected or taught. How I many know a wise man loves reproof? Man, you want to grow? Start liking to be corrected. By God. God will use people. God will use people, but primarily by God. How's God going to correct you? He's not going to bring death and destruction and sickness and disease in your life. He's going to correct you with the Word. The Word, He's going to correct you. This is... He's going to correct you with exhortation. You're going to look at that and just say, legalism corrects you with accusation. The gospel corrects you with exhortation. It says, know ye not that you're the temple of the living God? Isn't that amazing? Legalism corrects you with, you're so bad, you're a sinner, what's wrong with you? No, 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 the gospel says, don't you know who you are? Have you forgotten? How many of you when the prodigal son came home, the father just said, let me remind you who you are. You're not someone who eats pig slop. You're not someone who commits adultery. You're not somebody who is angry. You're not someone, you're, this, not, this is who you are. It crea- it, the, 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 the gospel, the Lord, on the other side of the cross, he corrects us with exhortation. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times when God will just be like, correct you and be like, but ultimately he's never correcting your identity. He's always, because he already fixed your identity through Jesus. He's correcting the way you're walking out your life. Because that's not who you are. Y'all tracking me here. See, God made this thing where we can't mess it up. He put, he put the finished product inside of you. And now the finished product and the, and the Spirit of God are, are t- 
tag teaming your brain. Because <laughs> the brain is where the battle's at, right? But it says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> this is where growth happens. This is where change happens. It happens through receiving correction. Amen. It happens through admitting that you're wrong. It happens through it to embracing some truth. But if you're identifying with something that's not in Christ, like being an angry person or being a fearful person or, you know, whatever, if you're identifying with that and you're saying, well, I'm just this, how many you know you're lying against the truth? According to Scripture, how I many you know, as He is, so are you in this world? I'm just a worrier. Gosh, never say that about yourself. God's not a worrier. There's nothing holy about worrying. It's very unproductive. I can feel, I can, I can feel worry. <laughs> like, quit worrying at me. <laughs> you know, quit throwing that at me. I can feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about people. I'm not saying that we shouldn't love people and care about people. I'm not saying we should live callous. But how many know if you're just meditating on bad things that are going to happen to your children, that's actually not good for your children. If you're just meditating on bad things that are going to happen to your finances, that's not good for your finances. You're meditating on bad things that's going to happen to your marriage. If you're just thinking about bad things, that's actually not good. I mean, oh, God wants to fill your mind with truth, with his promises, not with the lies. Amen? But it comes where we have to recognize that he loves us and that he's for us and that our identity is not. Now, turn to uh, Hebrews 12 and we close. We got 10 minutes left. Y'all ready? Can y'all hang in for 10 minutes? Y'all got it here? Yep. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. And, you know, I, I'm going to just read you this for sake of time. But um, and it's Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. And I've talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to read this real quick. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and have come to need Milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. What is that talking about? A part of growth, a part of maturing, is understanding that you're right with God because you believe in Jesus, not because of what you do. Why is that so important, Jeremiah? Because when you know that you're right with God because of Jesus and your identities in Him. How many of you are saved by faith? I mean, you don't earn it. You don't deserve it, right? So you're right with God because of Jesus, right? When you start to know that and believe that and get skilled in that, when someone now you're ready to handle correction. Because if you don't get skilled in knowing that you're right with God because of Jesus, when anyone brings any correction into your life, you're going to feel like you're being personally attacked. You're going to feel like, you know, you're going to feel condemned. You're going to feel accused. But when I know that I'm right with God, and I'm solid on that, and it's because of Jesus, now when God wants to bring correction in my life, it doesn't come to me as condemnation. How many of you know when God's correcting you, He's not casting you out? I mean, when I'm changing my daughter's dirty diaper, I'm not casting her out. She might feel like that at times. Like, what are you going to change my diaper for? What's up? 
How many know I'm changing her diaper because I love her? So listen, when God is bringing some truth into your life that makes you uncomfortable, it's because he loves you. And he's trying to help you. And so when he brings some truth into your life that may confront some false things that you've believed about yourself, it may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Well, I've always said I was this type of person. Well, stop. Start saying what God says about you. Or stay the same. Those are your options. Praise God. For real. I mean, either I embrace what God says about me, or I embrace what my family said about me, or my friends have said about me, or what I've said about me. You know, I don't go around calling myself a drug addict anymore. Why? Because I'm not. I'm a child of God. I don't go around calling myself an angry person anymore. I'm not. I'm a child of God. Now, I'm still getting free on desserts. You know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm still praise God. My wife is going to bring cupcakes this morning. These little miniature cupcakes. But she couldn't because I ate them all. <laughs> She's going to bring them to church. She was like, who ate these cupcakes last night? I was like, <laughs> she was like, how many did you eat? I was like, as many as I could. <laughs> I didn't eat all of them. I ate them until I just passed out in the kitchen floor, you know, trying to crawl the... Amen, amen, amen. I'm still trying to get, I'm still getting free. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not free. I'm them daggone cupcakes, boy. Hallelujah. Or whatever, just sweets in general. So, I'm not up here telling you that I've arrived. I'm still a work in progress. And there's never going to come a time when I'm not a work in progress. And, and all of us, right? But there's some areas where God wants to bring freedom into our lives that he's bringing loving correction. And it doesn't mean he's condemning you or accusing you or casting you out. He's just saying, I got something better for you than that. Cool? Just because he's your dad and he loves you. Right? Amen. Okay. So, Hebrews chapter 12. You guys should be there. And, the, and this is God talking about correction. He says... Have you forgotten the... Oh, sorry. Thank you. I'm so bad at that. Hebrews 12.5. Hebrews 12.5. It says, Have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons? Notice he says exhortation. What's he doing? He's about to bring correction, but he's going to bring correction in the form of encouragement. Have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons? My son, don't despise the correction of the Lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. How I many you know nobody likes to be corrected? None of my kids enjoy correction. They don't. And like, like Lily right now, one of the things Lily likes to do is she likes to grab flowers or flower buds and just pop them off. Not cool, man. And so she, we have this plant out in front, and she just wants to go over and just pop as many of them. The flowers can't bloom if you pull the pods off, you know what I'm saying? And so we got to come over, Lily, don't do that. And, you know, and she just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, so I had to, we physically had to remove her sometimes. We had to just pull her away and then like put her over here. And she does not enjoy that correction. No one enjoys correction. But how many know the flowers are better when they, when they bloom than when they're just pots? And at the end of the day, any correction that God's bringing into your life, he's trying to bloom something into your life. And a lot of times we try to grab the pods and we think the pods are better. No, the bloom is better. Amen? 
He says, um, for whom, nor be discouraged when you are corrected by him. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects and scourges every son in whom he receives. If you endure correction, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not correct? For if you were without correction, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. He's saying a part of God fathering you is you letting him correct you. If you don't let him correct you, then he can't father you. Now, he'll still love you. He'll still be there for you. But how many know that your life's going to be better with some coaching from the creator of the universe? How does he coach you? Truth. You know, Ethan and I, we've done sports through the years. We've seen kids who were tremendously talented athletically. But how many know if you can't be coached, you're only going to go so far? You have to be able to be coached. And it's the same with us. And when God's bringing correction in your life, he's not casting you out. He's just trying to help you. Amen? And it says, if you endure correction, God deals with you as with sons. For what, for what son is there whom a father does not correct? For if you were without correction, in which all become partakers, then are you illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days corrected us as it seemed best to them, but he for our profit, the reason God brings truth into your life to change the way you think is for your profit, to make your life better. That we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no correction seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. What is, what is he saying here? He's saying, look, let me father you. Let me bring truth into your life so that you can grow. Everybody say grow. It's never too late to grow. It's never too late to change. And the more you let truth come in and the more change comes in your life, the better and better your life gets. Amen? The more you kick the enemy out of your life. Right? And I'll read you this last passage, and you don't have to turn there, but I, I quoted it earlier, but this is kind of, this is what takes the pressure off of you. He says, being, First Philippians 1, 3, 6, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means God is going to do this thing. Then that, take, that takes the pressure off of us, right? God's going to be with you. God, he'll, he never gets frustrated and says, well, forget it. No, he's going, he's going to stay with you, and he's going to work with you, and he's going to stay with you, amen? Because he loves you, because he, wanted, he wants to bring greater and greater levels of freedom in your life, but he wants to bring growth into your life. I mean, you know, we don't want to be fighting the same battles every year. We want to cut the head off some Goliaths so we can face different Goliaths, you know what I'm saying? I mean, just like the example I was sharing with you, this area where God's been working in me, um, the only reason he's gotten to the place that he could work on this area is because we've conquered some other areas. And then once we finish this area, there's probably more stuff. But the whole time it's because he loves us, and really we're just removing lies out of our minds and we're receiving freedom. Amen? Cool. All right, so let's just pray real quick. Father, I just thank you and praise you for these wonderful people that are here and those that are watching online. And Lord, I just thank you that you just help us to humble ourselves to stay meek and teachable and to receive truth and to be changed so that we can grow. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to get on this morning, lift your hand up. And we won't turn it off until we say this. And uh, we thank you for that, for, for partnering with our ministry and for giving into our ministry. Those of you that are watching online, if you guys want to give into uh, our church, just go to gracepointgeorgetown.com and you can. 
And uh, we're grateful for that. Amen. Now you can shut it off.